Well, hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman, folks. Thanks for tuning in with us, to us and with us and being with us on this Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. And uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us here on this oasis of truth with a perspective that you get right here, um, you know, in this expert opining that you tune into, folks, because you know you're going to get the truth very plainly and very, very directly. Thanks for being with us today as we jump into some information here and some races that are on there. I mean, when you look at what happened with this last debate here, the, the, the Republican debate, the race was really over. And I think we need to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about some new polling with Trump and some new polling, if you will, with uh, what's going on right now in, in the Democrat Party. I want to talk a little bit about that and we'll see what else we can get to in this 30 minutes. So let's jump right into it. You know, I want to talk about how the race really is over here. And when you talk about, you know, what's going on right now and, you know, Donald Trump is so far ahead of his GOP opponents in the polls and and he's refusing to participate in the debates because he doesn't need to. OK, I mean, um, it, it just comes into it. he's going to be the nominee. I think everyone knows it and everyone might as well quit having the various debates because honestly, they don't work and they're not helping anybody. And I think we can all think that that's where we are right now. I think we all see it. And we, we know that Trump will be the nominee. And the question now for everybody is, you know, do you want to see O Biden reelected or do you want to do you want to help Trump? Because there is no middle ground there. There isn't anything like that. Like I said, there's no middle ground with with, with reprobate, reprobate policies. You know, you, there is no middle ground with parents who want, uh, I should say, uh, with with the party that wants to outlaw parental involvement in children's education. Okay, there is no middle ground with those people. You know, there's no middle ground with the people who hate this country that want to raise revolutionaries. There is no middle ground with those people. High gas prices for everybody but except them. I mean, you know, masks forever. You know, there's no middle ground with anybody who wants to who wants to recommend vaccinations that were that were tested on just five mice and put those vaccinations out there for people to, you know, depend on the government's expertise on what's needed to help keep them safe and literally take a vaccination that's, that's you know, going to, that's basically to vaccinate them against a strain of COVID that they probably don't even have. Okay, that's the truth of it. But nobody's talking about that. They're just promoting a vaccination. And they're putting mask mandates back out there again. They want to vaccinate everybody over six months old. This is this is the insanity of all of this. And this is what we're seeing right now. And so what you got to realize is, I mean, there is no middle ground. So to defeat these people, to defeat the, to defeat this this insanity. I mean, think about it. You've got people right now in Washington who, who are passing public policy to outlaw any effective means of transporting oil and gas from Canada, or to eliminate and outlaw any effective means of getting oil and gas drilled for right here in this country. You see, they don't want development of energy in this country that's going to make us energy independent. They'd rather have us dependent on auto batteries and solar panels and electric cars that are made in China. That's just the truth, folks. There is no middle ground. So unless we want to elect, re-elect Oh, Biden, we need to help Donald Trump because there is no middle ground. There isn't. OK, the RNC, OK, they need to cancel the future debates and say, look, we recognize the objective fact that Trump's going to be the nominee and we want to work with him. 
I mean, Trump's up by 43 points against some of his competitors. There's no question that he's going to be the nominee. And not only that, Gingrich said, you know, I, I believe that, that you're going to see, and I've heard Gingrich make a comment, that there's a good chance that he wins the general election given the state of the economy and other issues. I heard Gingrich make that comment. You know, I, look, folks, when you look at the, the viewership numbers, okay, of this last debate, they, they, they were worse than the first debate. And if there were, if there were any third debate, it's worse going to have no viewership at all. I think I saw some numbers on it that saw that the, this second Republican debate had 9 million viewers. And uh, the first debate had, uh, you know, 12.8 million. The problem with these debates is they go on a little long. So nine and a half million viewers is down to about two and a half million viewers by the end of the debate. You know, when you look at the 12.8 million viewers that were in the first debate, that was down to about four million viewers by the end of the debate. You know, and, and then, you know, of course, the questions and the horrible questions that took place. You know, I just think it's important that you understand. And you look at this, and you wonder, you wonder is, is, are they going to try to find somebody else to get in there? I mean, they're going to try to get Youngkin in there. I, I don't see this happening. You know, they don't want Trump, and Trump's going to be the nominee, whether they like it or not. And I just think it's very compelling. And RFK is running against it right now. The difference with RFK and Trump is RFK does not have the support of his party. The Democrats don't like him. Okay, the Democrats don't like him. They see him as dangerous, conspiracy theorists, and they see that with him. They don't like him. Right now, they also are they also the the you know the the communists, if you will, of the of the of the of, of the part of the American left right now. They're 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 all Democrats. But you know, it's it's just compelling on all of this. And you have to understand, like, you know, the the, the Democrats of yesterday, Robert F. Kennedy, he represents some of those Democrats of yesterday, you know, and that's that's what they don't like. And people in his own family are calling him out because they don't like him. They don't like the fact that he uh, they don't like the fact that he's trying to run. They don't like that at all. And, you know, I mean, yeah, um, you just got to realize what makes it so that I mean, why do they want him? I mean, because they understand. OK, they, they understand what's going to happen. They, they know that it's not likely that, you know, that. They're going to be able to get through all their their crazy policies with a guy like Bobby Kennedy. They, they know that Bobby Kennedy probably can't beat Trump either, but they also understand that he can disrupt things enough in the Democrat Party. He can make it very, very hard, muddy the waters, if you will, for Biden. But they're not planning on Biden either. I think what they want to do again is they want to parachute somebody like Gavin Newsom. In. I think they're not going to have O'Biden at the convention. If they do, it'll be O'Biden supporting Gavin Newsom. That's what I think. I think there's a very, very good chance for that. And, uh, but you know, they, everything the, the Democrats promised, whether it be student loans or whatever else, they're all suffering right now because he didn't pull through for anybody. He didn't pull through for anybody. Okay, don't miss that. But we heard that Dianne Feinstein passed away at 90. And I think that's something to be looking at. She was the one, she had her, she had her chauffeur was a communist spy. We all know that. I mean, these Democrats are linked to America hating everybody. But I mean, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, Gavin Newsom passed a law in California requiring $20 per hour pay for fast food workers. So he basically is eliminating, eliminating fast food restaurants in, in, in California. He's making it so people can't work for $18 an hour or $17 an hour. I mean, literally, he's making $20 an hour. A mandate, a mandate in California. So, I mean, Gavin Newsom is is not looking to to pass legislation that's going to help Californians thrive. He wants to 
bring in robots, if you will. Robots rejoice because they're going to run people out and they're going to bring people into the, uh, you know, into the ordering queues, if you will. Okay. Again, California is now the home of more than a half a million fast food workers who for decades have been fighting for higher wages and better working conditions. So Newsom says, we're going to take them one step closer by getting them $20 an hour. What he doesn't realize is he just took a half a million fast food workers and literally within two or three years, that half a million fast food workers will be down to about 50,000. Okay. They're literally going to put, they're, they're going to put them all out of work because there's no way these, these fast food restaurants are going to pay those workers $20 an hour when they can get kiosks in there, you know, you know, ordering queues in there and make it possible for people to order their own supplies and have the people making $20 an hour are the ones actually preparing the food. So what's going to happen is you're going to see that the restaurants go down half, half staff. And uh, right now you're not seeing, I mean, right now the fast food right now is, is not happening very well. Uh, the dining rooms in, in every fast food restaurant, with the exception of maybe Chick-fil-A, the, 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 the dining rooms are just not very crowded. Okay. People want to stand in line at a drive through to get their fast food. But it's just, it's just really, really amazing that, uh, you know, I, I think the, uh, I just think it's amazing that, again, they're passing laws right now that, uh, that are just going to tell workers what you can earn. They're going to tell all these employees, say, look, this is what you're going to be allowed to work for. This is another example of government saying, we want what's best for you. So here we go. The minimum wage of $15 an hour, and that's no longer enough because Bidenomics is forcing the economy off the deep end. So what $15 an hour bought two years ago is today going to be taking $17 or $19 an hour to pay for. So what Gavin Newsom's out there saying, look, we're going to we're going to basically make it so that any industry that wants to hire you is going to have to pay you at least 20 bucks an hour. And these are not skilled workers. These aren't people that have, you know, technical skills or people that have any real marketing skills, selling skills, trade skills. These are people that are in fast food restaurants because they're, they're square peg, square hole people. And, you know, warehouseman type people. I mean, they go to $20 an hour, what it does is increase the cost of living for everybody. So you have everybody across the country, across the state, is going to be held accountable to to be and be forced to pay more for supplies, you know, food, you know, services, whatever, services and products and services, because they're be, going to be forced to, to, to pay more because the people that are giving and providing those products and services are being paid more. There's only so much profit in a business in order to pay people with. I mean, the salary, the salary percentage of a business should be about nine percent, maybe nine point two percent. That's it. So if you're bringing, if you're a restaurant, and you're bringing in, you know, a half a million dollars in a month or whatever. I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars in a month. Okay. Well, then you got about, you got about nine thousand to pay out in salary and wages. That's about what you got based on that percentage. Okay. So, you know, what these restaurants are trying to figure out is how to pay these people $20 an hour and keep a full crew. I mean, how many burgers do you have to display? Now, you know, if, you, if you've gone into a fast food restaurant, and I haven't gone into one in a while. But if you have gone into some of these, you, a lot of them have the ticket number right on, the, your customer number right on the ticket. So when you're standing there and you see that, you know, up on the screen, it's order number 215 or 
you know, 281 or whatever, 310 or 359 or whatever, and you're looking at the time of day it is, you can know that that's a customer count and that the customer count begins at whatever it is. It may start at 100, may start at 101, may start at 150. I don't know. But it doesn't start at one. It starts with a three-digit number, probably like 100 or something, okay? And I think what's compelling on that is that when you get there, four or five hours into the day and they've only had 150 customers in there and you realize these places are open about 18 hours a day and the busiest times are the mornings until about 10 o'clock then you have the lunchtime rush and then you have a little bit of a swell around supper and that's about it i mean quite honestly they're i think they're lucky if they bring in 500 customers a day some of these places struggle to bring in 500 customers a day and when you know that every customer probably spends about you know less than ten dollars then you can see what it is. If they're bringing in $5,000 a day, that's about all they're bringing in. And if you're taking 10% of that or 9% of that, you, you see that they only have a certain amount of money in which to pay their people. I mean, that's just a fact. So it makes it very difficult for these places to pay $20 an hour. But see, Gavin Newsom wouldn't know that because Gavin Newsom, I'm not sure, ever really had any kind of a job. I mean, he, he would not know that. If he, he should know that, but he's not knowing that. And I think it's it's interesting because why doesn't he know that? Why doesn't he understand? I mean, why doesn't he get it? Okay. You know, I, I don't understand how he thinks that $20 an hour is the way to go. And I just think it's very, very compelling. And I, I don't, I think that it's really, 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 really important. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess he, he, uh, he was making some money in a Plump Jack Associates. He made some money and it was a limited partnership that was formed in 1991. And it was a winery and it was a winery that basically he, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was involved with. Okay. He was, um, it was some, he made some small investments in wineries and things like that. Um, you know, I, I don't think he really had a lot of experience. Okay. Um, other than maybe, he, again, his Plump Jack Cafe partners, and they made had like 700 employees and whatever. I mean, he, he I guess he got a, with some partners, he got a business off the ground in Napa Valley, a winery, okay? And uh, he went into some bars and, you know, some some restaurants and bars and things, okay? But he's really not, he's not a massive success there, okay? Um I, you know, I don't really see it. I mean, his investments, is five, he had five restaurants, two retail clothing stores, you know, and I guess he was bringing about $400,000. He brought in, he was bringing about $100,000 a year, okay? That's what he was bringing in. I mean, I mean, and I'll be candid with you. I don't really see that as a, as a rich guy. But I mean, you know, bottom line is he, he really, he's had some success in business, but he's really more of a politician. I mean, he was a former mayor of San Francisco. In 2003, he's been in politics his, basically his entire life. I mean, think about it. He was born in 67, so he's been in politics since 2003. So, you know, if he's born in 67, he was like 34 years old when he got into politics. So this is a guy that really hasn't worked more than about 10 years of his life, if that. He's never really worked, okay? He's been an elected official making public policy ever since then. So Gavin Newsom does not exactly understand what it is to create a job. He doesn't understand that when you create a job, and the, and the Democrats are all like this. All the Democrats are like this, too. I mean, oh, Biden, all of them. 
if they haven't created a job, I mean, they don't know how to create one. They don't understand that in business, you got to find out what your customers want and are willing to pay for and give them more of it. That's how you make money in business. And when you're going to raise minimum wage $20 an hour in a restaurant, that the average receipt is a, is a value meal of $9 or whatever, maybe in California, like 12 bucks for all I know. I don't know. But, you know, people going to buy lunch in California fast food restaurants, I mean, a lunch would cost them $15, okay? All right, so how many of those receipts are you going to have? Well, if you have 300 of those in a day or 500 of those in a day, you made $4,500, okay? Why don't we round round it up so you made $6,000 in a day? Okay, just say $6,000 in a day. Okay, well, if you're, if you're taking a percentage of that, how much are you paying your employees? How many people do you have to have to make that, to make that place work in 18 hours? Well, you have to have at least two eight-hour shifts with some part-timers coming in the interim. So you have your full-timers, and then you have a bunch of part-timers. You've got to staff up with a whole bunch of people. It's just very hard to make money in that business, and, and I know that because I've, I've known people at fast food restaurants. I mean, literally, it's, it's a hard business to make money in. And so the last thing they need is a governor that says, we're going to force you to pay $20 an hour for your help. I mean, I, I can't even imagine that. You know, and this is an amazing thing. So the discussion points on minimum wage, when all these discussion points are out there about, well, minimum wage is worth $15 an hour for people, nobody talked about the fact that you're going to infuse so much more money into the environment, I should say the economy. And what happens then is that these people now have more money to buy things with, which makes the demand on products and services higher, which drives up the cost of the products and services. When the demand increases for a cert- for particular supplies, then that, that increases the value of that supply. So the cost goes up. So when you infuse money into the economy, you're going to drive up inflation. What Gavin Newsom doesn't understand is that when he takes people that are doing minimum wage work, paying them 20, I mean, literally, people that that are working in these fast food restaurants because they can't work anywhere else. Now, some of them, it's a, it's a, you know, a college kid working there or whatever. But many of these people are in these restaurants. They're trying to make a living. They like doing it. And they, they're good at it. But they're not good at a lot of other things. So they're going to pay these people $20 an hour. And, you know, when you look at, like, truck drivers are making, you know, a train truck drivers making 30 or $40 an hour. So you got people that, that go to school uh, like police officers are making $30 an hour, okay, uh, paid police officers, peace officers, if you will. I mean, you've got people, I mean, carpenters are making about $40 an hour, you know, trained tradesmen. Mechanics are making $30 an hour. I mean, you got trained tradesmen making maybe 50% more than that. So this really is that you're taking minimum wage jobs and giving them $20 an hour. So what else is, what else is there? If you're going to give people working in a fast food restaurant, $20 an hour, what are you going to pay janitors? What are you going to pay people that, 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 that empty the trash, people that just do basic functions in a business? You're going to see all those people making more money. And what happens is all that, much more, that much more money is infused into the economy. It raises the salaries up of everything else. And everybody says, oh, wow, I'm making more money. But really, you're paying more because the more money that goes into the society, the more the cost of the products and services that are out there. Because you're not increasing supply, you're just increasing the demand on the supply because you're increasing the discretionary income in the minds and, I should say, in the pockets of Americans. So anyway, it's not a good public policy, and, and obviously he's doing it because he thinks it's going to win votes. 
I mean, I, but these people honestly don't understand. They just don't understand. They just don't get it. And, you know, and the Republicans in their first Republican the debate, the, the candidates had stern remarks regarding education, you know, and they talked about education, and but then they got into other things, and it was just the debate itself. I mean, it's it's the debate itself was not it was not a good showcase. But whatever happened, the Democrats are still seeing the writing on the wall. They're seeing what's going on. And the new Democrat poll that shows Democrats lost their historic lead on education in battleground states. That that's out there, folks. Democrats for Education Reform released polling results last month that show Democrats ceded trust on education to Republicans as voters note concerns over lingering pandemic learning loss. The trust, and again, this trust issue, this trust gap is likely misguided, uh, but Republicans fail miserably to address the, the ongoing education crisis in America when they had control of the White House and Congress. But again, I think that Republicans, what's happening is you're seeing a, a, a groundswell of people that are homeschooling their kids. And I mean, uh, you know, I was saying all along, a long, long ago, what you're seeing a lot of times right now in America is you're seeing that these parents uh, that, you know, you might have had 5% of Americans, 4% of Americans that were homeschooling. Now you're probably seeing close to 10%, okay, because COVID made everybody homeschool. So literally maybe maybe 10% of the parents right now are homeschooling kids. So guys like Gavin Newsom are going to make that even more difficult, I'm sure of it. But I mean... You know, it's it's funny. Informed parents and experts are, are uh, you know, basically are, are now coming out and they're 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 looking to strip states of the faulty Common Core standards pushed on by states at the federal government. So Common Core opponents predicted the academic decline. We've all we've all predicted it, and we've witnessed it from the standards that we're doing right now. So the National Education the National Assessment of Education Progress. All right, the scores are so bad. Common Core destroys a child's foundation education with K-3 standards that are developmentally inappropriate. It frustrates students and parents with unproven spaghetti math and shifts reading from classic literature to informed to inform informational text. Okay, so when you add the recent other issues that go on in the schools and and the anti-American ideology that's teaching children to hate themselves and others and their country, it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem we're having. And voters, in, are they want to restore parental and local control of education. You're seeing a lot more of it. So education is changing. I've been saying this all along. And, you know, parents are involved more in education and than they used to be. And the, they're sounding the alarm for freedom-loving Americans everywhere. So, you know, you, you can't – people aren't sitting on the sidelines. They're getting more and more involved. It's really becoming a great, I mean, it's becoming what we're seeing right now is a, is a phenomenon that's that's going to shift because Republicans are gaining ground in everything else. Okay, they really, really are. I mean, Republicans, when you start talking about academic standards, it's not hard to win that argument. Okay, when you understand that not one, not one high school, not one high, not one person in any high school in Baltimore out of 13 high schools, not one person was proficient in math. When you understand that, that that to be the case, then you know that they're not teaching math and you're not teaching science. You're not teaching kids anymore. Kids aren't learning anything. And these are, these are truisms that we can understand folks. And so, you know, we just got to keep in mind that education is the basis and the foundation of every child having an opportunity 
to succeed in this world. And so without a proper education, nothing else matters. Well, folks, we got to leave it there. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today and being with us on this Saturday afternoon right here on AM Radio 11 AWFYL. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Folks, see you next week on The Watchmen. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.